What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 340. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. And as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John. Ron. And John. Ron. I like it, guys. I Ron. like it, guys. And John. And dun, 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 dun. We're going to have to work out a little. Yeah, we got a little jingle going there. Yeah, that is. It's, it's uh, itchy and scratchy. Um, We're Ron and John. <laughs> and you can add something about Steve in there. You know, we'll work Steve, on it. Steve, Steve, Steve. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, yeah. Welcome to the new episode. The episode's going to be a good old-fashioned, like John called it in our text thread, a good old-fashioned catch-up episode. Um, going to go through some movies we've seen over the last week, some TV shows, I'm sure, here at the back of the podcast episode. But to begin with, we have a, a very big trailer, or I guess big, large minor i don't know where it falls for you six but foot seven uh yeah one of those trailers, trailers. yeah uh so at the disney upfronts they kind of were talking about all this stuff coming up for star wars marvel what they have coming in the future this week and uh one of the big things coming out of it was the the first trailer for she hulk which is coming to the disney plus service in august uh what you guys think of this trailer <laughs> I mean, I, w- I just think we got to talk about the effects situation over at... So, at so hold that for a second. Hold yes. the effects. But <laughs> what about the story, the trailer? Like, what do you think that... Like, Ronald, you mentioned before we were recording, like, the tone is a little weird. Like, yeah. different, not weird. It's, different. it's definitely a new tone, yeah, like, for sure. Where, where's the trailer fall beyond we... Before we even get into the All right. CG? Because that's a huge... You're right. It's big. Yeah. yeah. This, this could have come out in, like, 94. Like, that's... <laughs> It feels like like one of those those. It's sort of like, what if She Hulk was a lawyer that she is, but she's trying to tackle romance. It's like that kind of. And I know that these are parts of some of the comics, but like tonally, it's like nuts. It almost feels like a parody to me. Like it feels like one of those yeah. things you might see on like SNL or Mad TV or, or something <laughs> yes. like. Uh, just like them playing around with this idea of like the comic book movies being big. And even yeah. the fact it's like, doesn't it say like She-Hulk attorney at law? Yeah. Yes. Like as, as the, the uh, title, but um, I, yeah, in general, the trailer like did not do anything for me. Like I, I I'll definitely watch it. I'm going to watch yeah, it. Sure. But I mean, absolutely. you know, seeing Mark Ruffalo show up is nice. Uh, I really like Tatiana Mislani. Like, obviously like I'm a big fan of hers, but I don't really know that like anything that they're showing in this trailer story wise or or even what this story is going to be about has got me excited for this series at all. And that's again, show me the Hulk, show me Mark Ruffalo, Tim Roth pops up. You see some characters from, you know, prior movies, which is fun and everything. But I think they're getting in. We've talked about this so much is like they're getting into these. They're getting into a point where, like, I feel like there needs to be some sort of feeling of a, a spine to some of these stories. Yeah. And and maybe it's there. You know, obviously, this is just a teaser trailer or a trailer. I don't know what it was officially labeled as, but uh, it kind of seems scattershot to me. But I don't know. What, what did you think of it, John? I mean, I, I, I. It's an odd. This is an odd one because She-Hulk. There was a there was a famous run in the '80s that I think this show is kind of inspired by, and maybe it's that even after that, when different people have done runs, yeah, they've thrown back to this. The the artist and writer John Byrne, who was a big guy on Fantastic Four, and he was a big guy on X Men during one of their pivotal periods. He's just one of those creators that people look to. Like DC hired him to reboot Superman at a certain point. He's that type of guy. Right. Uh, if you've seen his drawings, you'd go, "Oh yeah, I definitely have seen this person's style." Yeah. Um, anyway, the the She Hulk run that he did was very uh, meta and broke the fourth wall and did some really cool things with like layout. Like there was one where she is trying to escape and she rips through and you flip it open and it it's a fake spread. It's a fake ad spread That's that she wow. and the characters escape across the ad pages into another section of the book. Wow. Um, so That's awesome. I, I think there's rumors that this show is going to break the fourth wall in that way and that she's going to talk to Kevin Feige and shit like that. And it's like the way that she, she, the way that She-Hulk would turn and talk to the writer of the comic book and say, are you kidding me with this shit? You know, um, so... And it's like when you read that comic now, it feels a little corny, but it also you can feel that it was creative for what it was trying to do at the time. And I I can remember when I read it how funny it was to see anybody playing with the form. I mean, of course, we have uh, Deadpool now too yeah, doing right. that fourth wall stuff. So I think that tonally the show could 
it could endear itself to everybody really quick if they manage to do some funny stuff. I think what we've seen though with almost all of these Marvel properties is when they go for something a little bit outside that it's like it it's it's almost almost there. It's almost truly just great television or creative television. So we just right. have to see if this show turns out to have like a sure tone, because I don't think it has to be one thing to be good. I think though that, I mean, we've, I, you know, we talked about it just in our last episode, talking about Moon Knight and the new Doctor Strange movie that we, you know, love them or, or dislike them or hate them or whatever. These recent projects, they do seem like at some point they, they're missing that that mark of like, oh, the, the zeitgeist is going to, is good. This is going to capture the hearts yeah. and minds. Yeah. This is kind of like yeah. for fans of these characters, which is cool. But I mean, now let's get into what could be one of the stumbling blocks of this. This is going to be a super CGI driven show. And the, the character CGI as, as shown in the trailer, I've seen people <sighs> defending it and I can understand when people say, just get over it. It's all make believe. But I think there is a basic level of like, striving to do something excellently that i associate with fully cgi characters like even jar jar as much as people hate jar 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 was an attempt to do something grand uh sure. then then a few years later you have Gollum, and it's like Gollum was a step forward and then what, whatever you think of avatar the world of that movie the attempt to make things feel real it's like i feel like marvel has at this point gotten to the point where they'll just throw in a super cgi character without any attempt to make it excellent without any attempt to make it like a, a step forward technologically and i don't mean that we should be talking about the technology i just mean that that's part of the fun of 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 cinema yeah <laughs> and yeah, i think yeah. that i think marvel has a certain base level that they usually don't dip below when it comes to the movies but you know like for instance this week a lot of people were talking about after the she-hulk trailer came out people were talking about the um the eye in Doctor Strange on his forehead. And I thought the whole time in that movie, it's like that eye looks like when I used to just like Photoshop and I would like step yeah. and repeat something. Yeah. It just didn't look like, it's like do a do a practical effect and then augment it with CGI, something that feels like it doesn't just look like, uh, what was it's it? It's on top, uh, yeah. Annoying Orange, is that what the, the yeah. character was? It's like, that's what it looked like to me. So I don't know. I think a lot of times I look past the effects in these, in these, um, in these Marvel projects, because there's so much, they're so CGI driven. You know what I mean? All yeah. so much of the scenery and the and the and you just go, okay, I'm on board. If it reaches a certain level of of verisimilitude, I just I feel I'm worried about She-Hulk as a character being kind of annoying to look at if she doesn't look better than she did in the trailer. Now they often fix it after the trailers, but I don't know that they fix it that much. Um, yeah. So I would say that's it's... the big stumbling block for me. I could believe that with Tatiana Maslany they can nail the tone. You know that they can have something fun and funny. Uh, for sure. I, I'm not so sure that they can get past a, a corny looking main yeah. character i watch a i watch a ton of like special effects stuff and you know some of the stuff we've shared in our chat and S steve you brought some stuff to my attention and john you have too one of the main things that all of the people do all the people say when they like so like uh what one one project that i saw that was really amazing was trying to recreate the quality of cgi in jurassic park they can't they still haven't figured out how that movie looks as good as it did for the time and even now because they tried to create it this this like professional group of people that have done stuff for marvel have done stuff for all sorts of people could not figure out how the light how it was done but some of it is lighting lighting is like 90 percent of what makes special effects decent to people. Like to look at something and not look like it's raised on the screen is to kind of, everything has a uniform lighting. And to look at this character and see that she's just kind of floating on the screen like that. Like she just- She's all smooth. Yeah, she's not a part of it. Like light hits your face a very particular way. Like this light is hitting Thank my you. face and light is hitting your face. But you know what I'm saying? Like. That's that that seems to be ignored in, in in the CGI version of even when I'm playing video games, like you can play a video game and there's bad lighting in a game, like ignoring the idea that the spotlights above you and they're just kind of walking on top of the light. If they do that, then I'd be very accepting of it, but it doesn't seem to be adhering to that basic rule of CGI. So I think we're doomed for the look of her in terms of like. Yeah, you wonder if this is their 
footage that's finished now. I mean, maybe they just felt like they had to show people something because right, there was right, talk right. that this show was getting pushed back till next year. So maybe this is really mm -hmm. just sort of a look at us real. Um, I'm sure that's what the that's the business, the industry term for that. Right? <laughs> look at us. A look at us real. Look at um, us exclusive. Look at us true. But I, mean, but I mean, I was surprised that it's this soon. And and you know, honestly, uh, there's another Marvel thing coming out in just a few weeks that I feel like mm -hmm. is a kind of a sleeper thing. Miss Marvel. It also has a totally sort of different, lighthearted vibe and feel to it. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it. I mean, at least from the look of it, it feels like it's a more more of like a teen comedy sort of approach. Uh, or maybe even something analogous to the way that Miles Morales was uh, treated in the Spider Verse movie, the way no. that the Miss Marvel trailer is like. There's like on-screen graphics yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there's there's an opportunity. That looks great. I think. Well, that's what it I'm does. saying. There's an opportunity for something to be lighter and and have an odd tone for Marvel and still click for people. So maybe She Hulk is you know maybe they're. I I just feel like they don't seem that sure about it, and I don't know how important no. it is to them to be sure about things at this point as it is to just kind of get it out. And I keep thinking about my buddy Steve Ritter, you guys should know him, a nice guy who said that he's worried about Marvel having a quality problem. And, yes. And I mean, those words, have, I am too. Uh, those words have been ringing in my ears, not because I don't think that they hit a certain quality level, just that when I talk, that it's that thing about trying to do something excellent, trying to do yeah. something that's really special. It does seem like at a certain point, it's hard to do that if you're putting so many things on the pipeline, unless you're giving those teams true freedom to create something, but yeah. we know that that's not fully happening. And again, we like uh, the style of these things. So much of the charm yeah. of it has been the style of it. So for sure, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe we're just one Taika Waititi movie away from, from being all energized again. Turn, turning so, around on it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's volume. I mean, yeah. Steve, Steve, you just put me onto this. I'm getting us, I'm getting a basketball hoop for my, uh, like, you both, buddy. You both. very excited about this. So it's like the, the two hoops. Um, so you can compete. And I've noticed that people that I compete against, they just kind of throw up 50, miss a quarter, get miss almost all of them and make maybe a quarter of them. And I feel like that's what Marvel's doing at this point. It's it's not even about like if if you think that they can make that many shots when they're putting up 50, it's impossible. It just can't happen from one studio. If one group of people, it doesn't matter if it's a $12 billion budget. It doesn't matter because you have to a, basically big budget. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like you have Ow. to adhere to some sort of like, you know, you have to take your time. I think it's you called quality take... over quantity is what you're yes, saying. But, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, in its infancy, they didn't know that it was going to be like a trillion dollar business. You know what I mean? Like they wanted it to be. And, you know, they, they just do a, what a movie every couple of years. I love I love cool. your I love your money. Your money just is like a twelve billion dollar movie 12. and it's a trillion dollar uh, <laughs> franchise. It has to be. I mean, with yeah, right. Right. How, how many movies are if there you, in the in the series? If you, if you carry the if you carry the two, it, it equals a trillion. Yep, yeah, you got especially, it. Yeah. Especially, especially, I'm not going to look into that. <laughs> especially with merchandising and video games and stuff, man, a trillion dollars. Yeah, so, you're probably right. But yeah, just just too much, man. I, I think How you're many, right. I think I, I think I think it is a, I, this is this is the thing is that like, I, I don't feel like for your analogy here. I, I don't know that like that they got to that they got to like sink every shot. Like, I feel no, like no. I feel like some of these things aren't really meant to be, you know, a I don't know. I don't, don't, don't want to take away you're... from each of their oh. own stories or, you know, the creative teams behind it. But I think to the MCU, to Feige, to whatever the master plan is. I think some of the properties are building blocks to something that, you know, will be the bigger thing, just like we've seen in these phases so far. So I don't think that every, you know, I don't think every show has to be like a home run, but I feel like it does feel very fragmented. And like, you know, I think even seeing, you know, the fact that John said, you know, Miss Marvel's coming out. In a couple of weeks, or is it a couple of weeks or like next week? It's like week? June 8th, I think. Oh, so June it's, 8th. Yeah, like, it's like three It's crazy soon. And I just think that, you know, the fact that that's coming up and then this is not even two months after that and then Thor's in between them, you know, that's a lot, even if you include Doctor Strange within, within you know, two to three months. And even for Marvel standards, we're like, they're putting out more movies than ever now. And, uh, you know, there was a bit of a backup in the pipeline and now everything's flowing through. 
this is the one I feel like so far where I I'm feeling like what they're showing me of it is not getting me interested in it beyond the people who are in it. And yeah. I feel like everything else, even as you place the, the, the Disney plus shows wherever you, whatever, or however you feel about them, I think for the most part, you know, all of them had, had me excited to see what they were going to do. And the CG of this one is a big, big problem. Like it's the biggest distraction of watching this trailer. And I think it kind of like even prevents me from focusing at times on what the trailer is trying to tell me the show is about. And you're right. If you go one of the best ones on YouTube, and I think I've shown you guys is Corridor Crew. And they do like good versus bad CGI. They've had Marvel on like Marvel artists on the show breaking down shots. And like they've done the thing where they recreate shots. Uh, one of the better ones is like where they did the shot of the Scorpion King, like that horrible CG. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That they one redid so that good. like in-house. And it's crazy how much better it looks with things like mm. Ronit was describing earlier. But yeah, I hope maybe between now and the time this starts rolling out that there's a vast improvement on how this looks. Yeah. But I think, you know, I hate to see something come out that would just give more ammunition or more concern. The people wanting to take Marvel down or even to someone like me or us that are like, you know, vocally concerned a little bit about what's going on, that they would kind of get this out when it was rumored to maybe be pushed yeah. And now it's coming out in a couple months. And are we going to get the Sonic thing? You think? You think that it could get like a Sonic? You don't remember what happened? So people saw Sonic. They were oh, like, yeah, oh, like oh, yeah, yeah. it's a little Sonic too late was- for him to do a redesign. But I think they could add like it happened pretty. They fast. could add like Sonic. they could improve it. Yeah. I mean, I saw someone who put a picture even of of uh, Smart Hulk from the trailer up next to a, a shot of her, and he has like skin tone modeling and yeah, i mean yeah. maybe he's because he's a movie effect they could just like upload the hard drive that has him on it sure. but probably like, but like it and and he's got whiskers and stuff and obviously they're not going to give her a five o'clock shadow but yeah. i do think that like they could take a they that they do need to kind of you know dirty her up a little bit as far as her look and i think that would help because it really just looks kind of unfinished in that sense but I mean, it is this trailer. Yeah, it's hard to know. It's really hard to know because they have done that before, even though that boggles my mind that like you would put out something that wasn't finished as your like first look at, at yeah. a major character. Yeah. yeah. But if it feels like this is almost like an investor's thing, we've got to get this image out here so that people see this. We got to make sure people know this is a real thing and that it's coming. Maybe they are bank. And, you know, I think what you, you said it, Steve, that this might be a thing that we might say about a lot of Marvel projects in the future is it doesn't look that good. But I'm interested in it because of the people that are in yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like it—that's when that whole thing about Marvel can hire anyone, um, where it's like it, it teeters over into this other thing where now suddenly these th- this this cast of people doesn't promise anything to you, you know, because they're they are at the whim of whoever's telling them, you know, what's happening on the green screen that's going to going to be filled up behind it and again i'm not that cynical i think this show looks like it has real character and real warmth that can happen like when i see tatiana maslany i'm like oh she seems like she might be a fun marvel heroine to kind of follow and then you see she hulk and it's like i don't i don't even believe that that's the same universe that that's happening so (laughs) so maybe maybe it's maybe it's as simple as that it's unfinished footage um but uh yeah I like I had the thought and then I noticed everyone else was having the thought. That's when you know that it's more than just a little passing yeah. whim is like when suddenly everyone's talking about the effects and like it's almost like yeah. people don't really talk about how great or bad the effects in Marvel's movies are. Mm. And I think that that's sort of a even with Star Wars I feel like something's been lost in the sense of like ble- just watching these movies and being blown away by what they're showing you. Um right. I, it's almost like they've got they've rested on their laurels a little bit because they know they only have to hit like I said a certain benchmark, and they can make you know six hundred million domestic in a couple couple days, <laughs> and then yeah. then it's uh, I don't know. I think ju- they should just be careful, man. The internet is undefeated, and if you and if you try the <laughs> internet enough, it'll backfire, and and it could start becoming like a poisonous thing. You know, like I just. Right. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, you're right. It's, it's it's now a thing where people look at the first thing they talk about is how shitty yeah. it looks. Right. Well, yeah. let's be clear that we're not talking about the work of these over overworked and probably underpaid effects artists uh, who are being mm. pushed through. That That's not the problem here. The problem is the pipeline, the, the lack of development time, maybe not throwing enough people at it. Yeah, um, yeah. But we're not criticizing the work of the, you know, the people who are chained to desks over there at Disney. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure they all are doing what they can, but this is like, this is a lot of stuff coming out and it seems like, okay, yeah, this is where you start to see the, the drift maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think, we'll see, I think, man. I mean, it'll be interesting. Experiencing it. But like yeah. I said, I'm going to watch it. Uh, just like you said, Steve, and I think we're all at least on board to watch one, you know, to mm-hmm. see, to see if it feels right. And if it, if it gives me a few laughs, I'll probably, I'll probably stick around. It's supposed to be yeah. nine episodes. I think it's supposed yep. to be set up oh. a little bit more like a show, like a, excuse like me? a television show. Um, yeah. A whole nine episodes. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I know. But th- what does one? that mean? Is that going to be three episodes spread out over nine or is that going to be yeah. 20 episodes oh, crammed cute. into nine? What, what are they going to do? Is Which, it going to be nine half an hour episodes? I think I they are know. half hours. I think they yeah. take it hours. back. Take it back. Just give us <laughs> one fucking movie or something. It's just... I mean, honestly, you still wonder, <laughs> is one of these Marvel shows going to ever have like a complete argument as to why it couldn't have been a, a pretty good or great yeah. movie? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know that they quite have had it yet. But um, WandaVision is probably still the one that's the most, the most like it made the most use out of its structure as a half hour show and you know it, there, yeah. there was it was teasing you along with a little mystery um which might be rare i, I think moon knight had a certain amount of mystery too but anyway yeah that's a lot of talk for a trailer let's yeah, talk about yeah, something else yeah, let's talk about <laughs> something else uh i was gonna mention uh because it came out last week or the week before the the lost city did either of you guys see that i have not yet but i'm dying to hear what what my trusted friends trusted um, friends yeah i remember south by southwest when it when it came out and people were raving about it and i was very curious about how it was um steve what'd you think about it man i liked it i liked it i, I feel like my expectations were probably a little high yeah. um like you said coming out of south by and i think really i mean it's probably one of these examples of movies that people argue don't get made as much anymore or get into theaters, which are like these rom-coms bit of adventure, you know, very, uh, the comparison to romancing the stone is there and everything that you'll read about this movie, but it's pretty accurate. And uh, so, yeah, I think my expectations were a little higher um, than mm. I feel like the movie delivered, but all in all, I mean, it's, it's very entertaining. And I think it's a movie that really survives, uh, on the chemistry of Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum who continue to be like extremely funny in any kind of, in my opinion, in most comedies that they're in very underrated. Uh, well, actually she's probably not, she's been in a ton, but you know, he's got the 21 jump street stuff going and you know, he's funny in a lot of stuff, but I think he, you know, this is an example of, of his appeal and his, you know, charisma once again, a reminder, cause he hasn't been in a lot of stuff recently um, that he definitely has it quote unquote, uh, Brad Pitt's uh, little uh, cameo in it, I think, is in- obviously I think is incredible because so that's my, right. it's my guy. Uh, they did right by your guy. They did right by him. They did it was, right. it, it's, it's it's a fun it's a fun cameo, John. Uh, I, I've seen but, a clip. Maybe it's a, a lot of his scene. I don't know, but like yeah. uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, I saw some of that, and it did seem like there because it's like you really have to go pretty far out. Honestly, in another movie, Channing Tatum plays that guy. Do you know what for I sure. mean? Yeah. So it's like if Channing Tatum is not that guy, you have to really reach for who's that yeah. guy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. For Brad Pitt to be the kind of the golden boy is uh, is it yeah fits right in your brain that idea. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy that like right after this, a couple months later, Bullet Train comes out with Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt. So like it's it's interesting. Well, they're like they're yeah they're like really back? Uh, like a week or something. It's in August. Oh. Just by a week. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah bullet, so bullet train yeah you're right I, I think they're so like good. they're very good friends like they're very close like i didn't know that that's really yeah, cool yeah I, I read this article about the whole wow. the way that all worked out in terms of like him doing this with her and her doing that with him because i don't know what her role is in that movie but she's the person on the phone during the trailer yeah that excited um, me man and what and what comes of that i'm not sure um yeah. but yeah so then he's in this one but you know this again this is the kind of thing that you want to see more up personally. I want to see, I love rom-coms and especially when you get great leads together and you get that chemistry and they're just good together. And I think they're great together, honestly, in this movie, they're very funny. Um, Radcliffe is good as the villain. I mean, he's kind of underused probably, um, but he's there enough that I was into it. And I'm just happy that this movie is like a success, like a critical success. The movie I feel like they're going to probably keep it in theaters as long as they can to try to get it to 100 million because it's only like, I think it's at 97 or 98. Okay. 
which is a great thing for a movie like this. Yeah. And most interesting thing to me, and this is kind of a sign of the times, is that this is the title that Paramount, which uh, through the pandemic, a lot of their stuff, they sold off and, you know, to streaming services. And there were a handful of titles that they held on to. This being one of them, Top Gun Maverick being one of them that are coming out this year. And this obviously seems to have paid off for them. But that this has been one of the titles that is held to a 45-day theatrical window and then went to the Paramount Plus streaming service and did really well uh, on the service. I think they said like 1.5 million uh, Samba households. Like that's the tracking. It's not So that doesn't even capture everybody um, that streamed it on Paramount Plus over the first six days of its release, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good number for them. And especially, again, it's in theaters for 45 days already. It's still in theaters. It's going to hit 100 million probably. And, you know a large body of viewers watched it on a streaming service a month and a half after it had already come out. Um, so, you know, that, and you think about the Batman being a very big number on HBO max after being a huge success at the box office, it had a 45 day window, same exact scenario. So I think that's going to become, you know, a template or the norm, you know, for, for the majority of movies um, to kind of try to get to that level Um but yeah, just like a really, I, I thought it was super entertaining and uh, I would definitely recommend checking out if you have Paramount Plus or if you want to check it out still in the theaters while it's there. Um, if you're a fan of any of the names that we just said, I'd say it's worth seeing. And if you just like a nice rom-com, I, I would still recommend it for that too. Um, did you like it, Ronald? I mean, like... Oh, I thought it was were, great. You were into it? Okay, so, good. So, good. Here's, so here's the deal. I, I was actually going to transition into a movie because these are both adventure movies that take place in exotic places but i i thought that it was really fun really incredible and a better movie than uncharted uh which i also saw um so you know if i were to suggest you know something you want to watch with a little adventure and a lot of funny i'd probably pick that over uncharted i don't have much to say about uncharted but i understand why i did really well tom holland is is a not that character i feel like i've played that video game he's <laughs> that's not what everybody that I, I haven't seen it but that's like literally what everyone says not that is, guy is that like yeah they could have the problem is they probably should have just still went with mark Wahlberg, because because like the character is around his age in the movie i mean in the so, video game so if he so you're saying Wahlberg would have been better in the role that tom holland's in yes so then who would you cast as Wahlberg's character <sighs> Sam Elliott. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, I would love Sam Elliott in that role. Steve Martin. I'm trying to. I'm just naming all. <laughs> Not like a old, It would have to be like it's supposed to be like an older guy. So I'd probably pick somebody like who's. Uh, it's an unpopular one, but I think he'd be real good at it. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson oh. would be really good at it. Would role. they ever cast but, him in like an attempt at like a, a family friendly like franchise a big starter budget movie? like that? Probably not. Again, probably not. Uh. Because you need somebody that's like kind of ornery and you know, you know who I'm really high on right now, Ooh. Josh Brolin. Okay, yeah, Josh Brolin would be incredible in that. Role. But he doesn't seem that much older than Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I mean, he could definitely play older than Mark Wahlberg. Have you watched The Outer Range on Amazon? I wanted to start on that. How is it? I really like it, man. I feel like it's we're. Very- I like the way we're dipping in and out of these shows. Hell yeah! Let's just bloop, bloop, bloop. let's yeah. just flow like this. Um, I love the poster. Like it's a serpentine it's episode. Yeah. yeah, how is it? I really like it. I mean, like I've mentioned all the time on this podcast, like if it's got a Twilight Zone vibe to it, I'm in. Yeah, and it definitely oh, has a vibe. It's got a vibe of that. So this is but everybody. Com- like- everybody compares it to like Yellowstone because of like the the Western like family drama of it. Hillbilly, all. Hillbilly Wire is what I call that, that- Yellowstone. <laughs> so yeah i mean it's i i haven't watched yellowstone but i understand what the show is but i can see the comparison but mm. then it's got this weird like i would say more like yellowstone probably meets like lost or something like that really? like there's a weird there's a weird sci-fi thing going on in the show that i didn't know that that was kind of a part of that the, is okay it's interesting but yeah josh brolin is great in it and i okay. i've just like i'm listening to him on some podcasts i've seen him on some mm. interview shows um on youtube and things like that and i'm i'm very high on his stock right now i i love him and i want to see him in a lot more stuff so 
I don't, I'm not super familiar with Uncharted, the game, but I, I mm-hmm. do have a frame of reference for like the aging. Yeah. But I feel like you could definitely, he could definitely play older, especially if Mark Wahlberg was like made to look a little younger. Gotcha. But uh, I haven't um, watched Uncharted though. I mean, like, you know what I they tried- could do, Steve? They could just put him in shorts, like, sh- like little shorts and like a little cap, you know? With like a little thing on it? Yeah. <laughs> They'd look really young. <laughs> Give him a big lollipop and he would seem younger. So I watch it. Yeah. So what I don't, what I don't understand is why isn't Schmoovie Studios producing this film? I mean, because this is like yeah. this is gold right here. Guys. Yes. I think I think they casted Tom Holland because they want like ten of these things. Right. Sure. No, that's I, definitely I, obvious. Because yeah. yeah. when you because yeah. when you do the because like there's parts where um the main character in the game they go back to when he's a little younger. So like right. I get what they're trying to do. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, we 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 could have booked those. We could have casted those people, and it would have been double the money. It would have. Yeah, we got them all on speed dial, so we could have made that happen right. real easy. <clears throat> hey, Joshy Poo. Hey, Joshy yeah. Poo. This is a uh, Ron, Steve, and John. Man, we want to talk to you about a movie, a little movie based <laughs> on a video game called Uncharted. He's like, I'm in. Sometimes I'm he. Man. Sometimes Josh, I love him. He doesn't even talk on the phone. You just hear like the leather squeaking of his face as he changes his facial expressions, oh, okay. and you can yeah, tell. Right. You hear the. He doesn't even mm-hmm. have to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear like a creaking mm-hmm. sound. Man, right, like right. Leather car seats. <laughs> um, what else are you guys watching? Um, I want to just oh, mention. Go, go. Sorry. Are you going to mention what I think you're going to mention? I don't know. What are you going to mention? Bad, were you going to mention bad guys? No, you can mention bad guys, though. You just did. Let's talk about bad there guys. It is. Bad guys, man. Like a, a animated movie. That actually cast people because of the, their voice talents and not because they're famous people. Sure, they are famous people, but the, the voice talent is incredible in this movie. It's uh, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's based on a novel, uh, a series of novels that uh, came out a couple years ago. Um, I think there's like three or four of them. But the movie is uh, Richard Ayoade, Sam Rockwell as Mr. Wolf. Aquafina, Zazie Beats, uh, Anthony Ramos, Craig Robinson, Mark Marin, who is incredible and steals the show a lot of the scenes. He does. He does. Um, and it's just, it has a lot of heart. It's just about some bad guys who are given an opportunity to be good guys. And, uh, you know, they go through some changes based on the circumstances of uh, what's going on. I'm not, I don't want to give anything away. You just, just watch it. Cause it, it's, it's, it's very funny and a, a lot of good world building, but yeah, it's, it's about some bad guys that have the opportunity to do, do some good stuff. Um, and it just, you know, it, it speaks to like, you know, there's this narrative about, you know, what you've been taught to be yeah. versus, versus what you can, you know the ceiling for people who are who are kind of told that they can't be anything but what they are right now um it has a cool cool that message is is treated in a way that feels a lot different than any kids movie i've seen in a really long time uh aaron's niece loved it we I, she watched it with me again she like saw it in the movies saw that i was watching it and then watched it with me she liked nice. it that much nice um but yeah man uh really fun film that I'd suggest for anybody. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. I finally saw it with Sydney. Uh, she'd actually already watched it, but yeah. <laughs> Everything Ronald said, yeah. I, I just say like also it's just like I thought it was pretty funny too. Like it's like legitimately funny. And I think it's because it speaks to what you said about like the voice cast. I mean, I think they bring up a, a bit of obviously com- comedy to it beyond even what the script says. There's just some of the voice talent that the timing is just really fun and uh there's some physical, like some some bits in it that I thought were were hilarious. It's one of them's in the trailer when the snake is in that room with like all of the hamsters or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I don't so know good, why man. that made me laugh so hard, but it it's was really so good. funny. Um, trying to explain to Sydney what happened in that scene is <laughs> what was was fun, also. But yeah, I mean, again, like this is just a very solid, very fun. Nice family animated movie with a little bit of edge to it, I think. Mm, um, mm, mm. But yeah, I would also recommend that for sure. Well, Steve, I know you saw another movie that I did not see, so I can learn about another one. You saw Firestarter, right? Yeah, I wish I didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, 
guys guys this is this is a bad movie um really like bad bad like this is a bad movie this like is, you don't this seem is a, like it, it's even bad in a fun way I, you seem it's kinda, not no it i don't you really down. you know i feel like no one in it that really seems seem to be in it or want to be in it um and I mean, I feel like the big thing is, is that, you know, what, wherever you feel about the original version of the, the, the movie from the 80s, like with Drew Barrymore in it is. Uh, it's got some like good or at least interesting performances in it, you know, whether the yeah. movie is good or bad. But even so, many see that as a low bar, you know, in the films that have been adapted from Stephen King work. Um, right. And even with that expectation, I feel like this kind of really stumbles and just falls over that bar. Like, it's just. Jeez. And for Blumhouse, and you can you can kind of feel it. You know, this movie's coming out with little to no fanfare for a Stephen King movie that has Zac Efron in it. You know, from Blumhouse, uh, you know they did the day and date thing um, with the release strategy, which you know is I don't know. Again, talking about the Lost City and some of these movies that even the bad guys, you know, it comes out in theaters for two or three weeks, which is a universal release makes its makes the bulk of its money stays in theaters but then comes out but some of these titles that are doing the day and date thing still um are a little worrisome in some ways and i think again the fact that they released it the way they did um just a really 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 weak really weird tone to the movie like not really being sure if it wants to be like a family drama or a horror movie or like a supernatural thriller which is kind of you know what it i guess should be more of in my opinion especially based on the the source material but weird effects like it's just a it's a really big mess to be honest with you it's only like 90 some minutes it's really short and it was hard to get through i mean like it it is a train wreck i gotta be honest man it is bad i I don't know what it is now but i know when it when i started watching i just happened to look at because i didn't really read a lot about it and I, and I started watching. I was like, well, I got to see what is the like Rotten Tomato score in this movie? Just for I'm curious because I got a really bad vibe like 20 minutes into it. And I want to say it was in like the low teens. Oof. Yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Which is, which like, is bad. Yeah. Not not that that's the end all be all. No, but it's not. But preference. yeah, right. Yeah. I want to get like an a, 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 just, a, just a gauge on like if I'm really missing something here. Right. But um, man, stay away from that movie. I got to tell you, like it was yeah. it's not worth your time. Uh, you know, unless you want to waste 90 some minutes, I would say look beyond the number on Rotten Tomatoes, even though 17% or whatever is pretty damning That's for a lot low, of movies. Man. But like, sometimes if you go to look, I look, I, I, I always go and like, I always, I think you can read certain reviews, like sure. get, a, get a feel of what people are saying. Why are they saying it's bad? Why are they saying it's good? Sometimes people are saying something's bad in, in a way that sounds interesting to you. <laughs> and you're like, well, actually, everybody hates it for something that I think I might like. But if everyone hates it, <laughs> it's it's just an odd thing. I mean, it's like, I know people like to say that critics are just full of shit. And it's like, it's true. You're not looking to farm out your opinion from somebody. But if you're just looking right. to get an idea, right. if, 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 it's a, if it's this kind of thing and there's nobody defending like the kind of fun the kind of genre thrills the sort of visceral moments or whatever then you can kind of tell like okay no that that number is low because literally nobody's saying anything positive about this movie not not because a bunch of snobby horror critics or film critics don't appreciate horror films you know what i mean like there may be one positive and it's it's that john carpenter does the score for it Oh really? And, really? And, the, and the and the score is actually pretty good. I mean, that's literally the oh, the one shit. positive thing I'd probably. When you're saying like, what's the one thing? Maybe it's that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the, so seventeen percent is for the score. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 really disappointing too because yeah. something obviously went wrong with adapting this. Or I think the guy who wrote it also wrote Halloween Kills, which I also didn't think it was you know oh, that really? great. Yeah, and I thought that was David Gordon Green and um, Evil Dies. Or, or he's got something. He's yeah. got something to do with Halloween Kills. Let me look at this up because I I, I was looking at it last night on Damn IMDb. He's got something to do with Halloween Kills. Yeah, screenplay by Scott Teams. Evil Dies today. Uh, yeah, he wrote Halloween Kills. Uh, really? What's how to did, say? How did I think that was McBride and and uh, and Green that wrote that? So written by Scott Teams, Danny McBride, oh, there you David go. Gordon Green. Okay, there you go. Gotcha, gotcha. So I mean, I'm sure they're all they're all in it, but I mean, I think he was a part of. I don't know that he did the original reboot, uh, but he was on the the so second. He's, of the, he's the ringer they brought in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But I don't know. 
Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a bummer. And, and also of note, I think Zach Efron has to get a new agent or something. Yeah, I don't. Know I don't what know what I don't know what's going on with Zach Efron. He's been in a couple interesting things over the past, I would say, ten years. But like, he went from being like one of the biggest up and coming, like leading stars to, yeah. of stuff in general, to having like a pretty cool travel series on a streamer and maybe one or two movies that were good very good over the last decade which is bad like i don't understand that's, how that's wild, man. he's in this and it's like he's not interested in being in this movie at all poor guy um yeah i don't know what I else what else two shows uh Let's go. first vanessa vanessa bears i love that for you on showtime okay oh, i want to see this yeah i want to check it out good i love God, i love the man. cast it's it's like loosely based on a battle she had with cancer when she was a kid and she imagines this world where she works at like a qvc kind of network uh helmed by jennifer lewis who is incredible in this show molly shannon's in it um and just seeing molly shannon and vanessa bear it's almost like vanessa's a very interesting person because i love everything that she does on snl like mm -hmm. you know for better or worse she tends to be kind of a highlight in a lot of sketches yeah right. um it, it's almost like she was like i want i want i want the legends i want jennifer lewis who is effortlessly great molly shannon effortlessly great in this show and it just seeing them play off of each other and seeing this like nervous energy that she has as she gets into this new career of essentially hosting like a QVC sort of thing. And like, it's, it's, it's such a cool concept that I've never seen done before. And I love when somebody gets an opportunity to make something and this comes out of it, you know, a show like this, it's, yeah. it's so good. Um, so see that show, please. Uh, I love that for you. And then the last one that I wanted to mention is something you probably would never expect me to bring up only because um, sci-fi was just created a couple years ago i know i mean um, yeah obviously and we've covered it all yeah we've, we've covered all the, all the movies genre, this big <laughs> genre um so you know i grew up watching star trek my entire life like my i've gone to conventions with my mom my mom's a trekkie man uh next generation is her jam and the first seat the, the first uh iteration of it also very special and i've i've tried to dip into the star trek world throughout my life and you know i've liked some for better or worse enterprise was pretty good to me deep space nine is very good um next generation very good and then this paramount cbs sort of shit that was happening for better some people loved them i didn't really like it this strange new worlds that just came up out is fucking good oh really it's good it's and, and i think what they figured out was we just need to make good simple stories rather than trying to like like oh let's do something fresh let's do something just give us a good story that's in the world of star trek that pays homage to you know some of the old stuff but this is basically the captain right before kirk and Ahura and Spock are on the ship and a couple other people. And, you know, this guy is like kind of the same energy as Kirk. And that's kind of the excuse that they give for this guy existing. Um, but he has the, the, the most beautiful swoopy hair I've ever seen in my life. You're talking uh, about you're talking about you're talking about the guy who plays Black Bolt, right? Yeah. Anson Mount. Strange. Yeah, Anson Mount. Yeah. Man. He, he's like a, a statuesque man. Very, very cool in this in this role. Um, and it could feel like like, you know, since you've seen Spock on screen before that, who's going to follow up with this, this 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 role? But the character's not. I mean, the guy that plays Spock isn't really doing like a. Like an impression so much as like a, a gentle reminder of who Spock was prior, you know, it's like a, it's a cool way to do it that feels a little updated and the dialogue feels a little hipstery, which has been like kind of a complaint that people have had, but it's a fun, it's a fun show so far. The first two are strange new worlds. 
Well, our our dialogue is very hipstery, so it seems like it might be a nice, <laughs> like you know, companion to movie right, right. Well, I'll talk about a couple of things. Um, sure. Uh, Hacks is back. It's had Hacks uh, season two. I it's had a couple episodes that. out, and and two couple more. At the time this episode comes out, we will have gotten two more. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, Hacks is just such a funny, so specific kind of show. It has this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of shows that are like this, that are just like. I don't mean that are like this, but I mean there's some that you get these great comedies that are just well written and they just sing and they just they just course yeah. along. This yeah. is one of those shows that you, you you just enjoy spending time in this world, and I like how they do the good sitcom work of every episode has some kind of an, a moment or an event or a choice or a decision or a way that the story moves forward. Yeah. So that you could say, oh, this is the one where pa 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 happened. But yeah. it also has this overarching story that, you know, you could say it's about the friendship between these characters, but I think it goes even deeper than that. It's about like uh, uh like power dynamics and fame and and it, I mean I mean again, it, but you might think you've you've heard it before, you've seen it before, but the way this show approaches the sort of uh comedian that Gene Smart plays, Deborah Vance, like you can sort of plug in your mind, oh, a little bit of Joan Rivers, maybe a little bit of like the sort of fame that someone like Roseanne Barr has, someone who you could totally imagine yeah. like people would see this comedian on the street and would say, Oh my god, it's you. Like people love yeah. this person. They've been in the culture for so long, they've been tabloid fodder for so long. I don't know that I've seen a show that quite approached maybe it's the Vegas of it. Maybe it's the uh is it Hannah Einbinder? Um Lorraine Newman's daughter, which blows yeah. me away. She's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. the, the supporting cast of characters, Marcus, Kiki, they're all really great characters. And I think the thing the show did early on that made it work for me, which often is the case with these kind of shows that could just be about nasty people being nasty, is that they they don't pretend that everybody's nasty. Like Jean Smart's character, Deborah Vance, she is this nasty person, but she also has people around her that make her laugh and that kind of appreciate her. And that when, um, what's her name? Ava, is that her name? the Hannah Einbinder character? I think it is. Um, When she's brought in, she's not like shunned and treated like shit by these people that work under this woman. They're kind of varying degrees of friendship. I don't know. It's like a surprisingly warm show for as kind of bitterly funny as it can be. And I like the the storyline as it is right now after this season came back. We've got... Uh, Ava's in a real bind uh, yeah. with, with Deborah, where it's like this form of torture. You, you could argue there's almost no real friendship between these characters at this point, but there is this kind of forced servitude <laughs> that that uh, that uh, Ava has slipped into. I don't know. It's a it's a really fun show, and I think if you've heard of oh yeah, Jean Smart's in it, and she's really good, and you know different people are in this, and they're really good. It really is that that zippy and watchable of a show. Yeah. I also want to say, though, um, I've been enjoying the new episodes of Kids in the Hall on on Amazon. This is that rare thing of it's a reboot where, I don't know, it's like that they definitely warranted a reboot with all the things that have come back. They had definitely had, there was always a question with a, a guys like the Kids in the Hall of like, how big was their cultural imprint? How many people really remember them? Are they kind of a cult fame kind of thing? So many people cite them as an influence, but like, if you look at their career, they always kind of bubbled under the surface of the kind of huge fame that even some of the people, breakout stars on SNL had. So there's mm. this whole thing of like, are they going to have their moment? Are they kind of like being a little bit underrated? Is that part of the allure of, of something like this? And so, you know, and also they were famously bitter guys who didn't get along with each other when they were making a lot of the greatest stuff they ever did. And so you've always heard these stories about how, like, they, they like each other better now. They appreciate each other and what they have as a troop more now. And they, they've done tours and they've done, you know, with old material and new material. So it's like, it's, it's in the air that these guys are sharp and appreciating each other's company and could do something that stands next to their best work back in the 90s. Mm. And here's a show that like, I don't know if it's because they they just waited the right amount of time or they had the right people whispering in their ear, but they don't, they, they lean into the fact that they've all gotten older. There's lots of jokes at their own expense. There's a minimum of like, what I was afraid of, which was a lot of you can't make jokes anymore stuff, you know. Uh, um, but they, they, you know, there's only a couple of times they've even tried to address like, like cultural appropriation or or like PC culture or whatever, and they don't approach right. it from like a, a a judgmental finger wagging way. They approach it with silliness and with absurdity. And so even if you think well, maybe their take is not 
the sharpest compared to, you know, what some people's might be nowadays. They're not going for that. They were never topical. They always avoided being topical even back then. It was more about relationships and, you know, making fun of kind of middle-class values in the suburbs and making fun of white people, uh, which is still is still just fine, you know? <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just think that, like, it's fun to see that they found a way to do something that feels like it's of now, but it is also like, it's almost like a sure bet that if you were a fan of their stuff before, this feels like they just did the sixth season of their sketch show. They just had a 25-year gap in between, which I think was the smartest thing to, the smartest way to approach this idea is just like, just do funny sketches and and do what they always used to do, which is be be better than Saturday Night Live because you get in and out within five minutes and you don't, you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be live and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've been doling them out. They, they All eight episodes came out at once, but I've been like watching just a, <laughs> one a day or so, just because I know it could be so easy to gobble it up and not even sure. really notice some of it. Um, but it's been very much like watching an old episode of the show where maybe one or two sketches make me laugh really hard one sketch is like weird as fuck and one other sketch is like is that a dramatic scene <laughs> what was that moment but uh yeah interesting performers uh doing doing pretty solid work so i you know as as a longtime fan it's been fun to see that not only am i enjoying it but it seems like the general response to it has been uh you know they've arrived with with what made them special intact at this point in their careers so yeah mm. kids in the hall on amazon cool Steve, anything um, you've watched? Or Ronald, did you watch anything else? I was going to just quickly, I, I want to <laughs> quickly mention, uh, you mentioned Hacks coming back. I also wanted to make sure everybody knows that Barry is back. Yes, yes. We yes. haven't talked a lot about that. That is, I mean, arguably one of the best comedies on TV, I think. Uh, you know, so dark. So dark, but so funny and so consistent season to season. And, uh, you know, whatever, three or four episodes into this third season um, hasn't skipped a beat. And, Mm -mm. ah, man, I love that show so much. It's so and it's so entertaining. Like, it goes by so fast that I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, fuck, the episode's already over. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, It's just it goes to such a clip. But, yeah, Barry, if you're not if you're not up to date on it, you know, catch up because this season looks to be something like something special. So who's the best couple on television? Is it Jimmy and Kim on Better Call Saul, or is it uh, uh, NoHo Hank and Crystal Ball? I mean, it's NoHo <laughs> Hank. <laughs> no, seriously, I love that. There's I no love that contest. plot line. It's like that was one of the first times this show has gotten me going. Like, no, 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 no. Don't kill. Don't. I really yeah. was worried about somebody this last week. You know. Um, I mean, if, if there are Barry fans out there, or actually, they they do this for a lot of the shows that we've talked about on this podcast. But just to plug another podcast, the Prestige TV podcast, mm-hmm. which is a Ringer uh, podcast network show, highly recommend if you're a Barry fan. They're doing a recap this season, the night that the episodes drop. Sean Fantasy, who's incredible in all the podcasts that he does, he's doing a recap every week with uh, with Bill Hader. So episode to episode, they're doing like lots of conversations about the show and a, a lot of what they talk about, you know, with uh, the first couple episodes this season about Noho Hank and, you know, what that actor, what that character has been to the show. And initially somebody who was supposed to die very early on in the series, you know, you can't get rid of a character like that. So to see what they've done with uh, Hank has been a lot of fun. But if you like that show, I know they're also doing like um, We Own the City week to week and they did Winning Time. We talked about all that on this podcast, but They've had some people from the shows on, um, but the the Barry one, is, I think, is something special because for Bill Hader being so you know involved in the writing and, and directing episodes and starring in this series, um, it's just been really interesting to listen to him talk about episodes from week to week. It's just, it's a great companion uh, to the season if you're if you're into that. But he's a very uh, thoughtful guy, very smart about he his really is man. Everything. It's it's amazing listening to him talk about the show, and occasionally that show will have a moment that is fucking hilarious like like it's always generally funny but uh, every now and then there'll be a gag that's like that is a great sketch writer's joke like that moment where i think barry's like i think it's barry that's like going through someone's yard and and there's a bunch of dogs chasing him across the yard and and it, you just cut to the people oh, inside oh, the yeah. house that are having a conversation while this is happening and he's and yeah, one it's, of it's the people says know. it's like you're 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 breaking up with me and then she's like yes and then it cuts outside and then it cuts back inside and the dogs are going back and forth and it's like why and it's like i told you you have too many dogs <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's just the silliest thing, but it's like that kind of cutaway to a yeah, random it's moment. It's like uh, it, the fact that that show reminds you it's primarily a comedy. It allows you to sort of contextualize some of the stuff you see at other times that could be disturbing. Like there was a, the most recent one. Um, what's her name? The the is it uh, Sarah Goldberg? I think is the actress. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. But what's the character's name? Uh, blanking, blanking. Yes, this is this is. Uh, I promise it's more member. Oh, Sally. Sally. Um, she has. She gives a speech like that. It, that's a at a premiere for her show that where she she talks about the the Rotten Tomatoes score and kind of it's, <laughs> it acts like she's giving a lifetime achievement award speech you know acceptance speech but she has this like what could be a breakdown and it's like you know on this show you're sort of supposed to laugh at it you know what I mean like it's it's there for comedic purposes and then on the other side of it like Gene Cousineau's dilemma has been truly unsettling like I think uh, Henry Winkler has been playing the the sort of existential torment of what he's going through um, in a way that really oh, feels sad and beautiful. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, yes, it's, it's definitely a show that kind of contains volumes. And I will, I'll second your uh, vote of, of confidence for the what they're doing over there at the Prestige TV podcast. I live for their uh, Atlanta coverage. Yeah, it's great. Every time that show comes out, I can't wait to hear that that group of people tear into it because they have so many interesting opinions. And it uh, you know has been such an up and down season for that show. Um, What's the name of the podcast again? It's called the Prestige TV Podcast. Is that what yep. it's called? Yep. And it comes out like a few times a week, if not every day, but there's a different group of people that, you know, and I think it's on Friday that the uh, Atlanta one comes out. So. Yeah, they have like, I think four or five things going. Right. Right. Right now. Like they have a Saul one. They have Atlanta. Uh, we own the city. Barry. Um, they just finished winning time. I feel like there's one more that they're going. Mm -hmm. That's going right now. But uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great series. Um, th this week's episode where uh, the whole gag with the remote uh, detonation of the bomb, the app. Oh my god! I love when he was that, going through that, the that, settings. That, that, he was like, "What location services always?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I gotta so catch good. up. Man. No, the demeanor so of the woman on the phone was perfect for like the that trouble, sort yeah, of the, yeah. the, the, the customer service, like like th that. Yeah, let me put you on hold for one second. Yeah. Uh, oh, please. Oh, I think I know what the problem is. Yeah. It's so positive. But yeah, catch up, Ronald. It's great, man. Yeah. Um, I, I got, I think that's it for me. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to mention before we that's, that's probably plenty, but yeah, I'm good. What else? Uh, I just want to mention one, one movie, one movie. Uh, I may, maybe I mentioned it last week. Uh, Michelle Yell and um, Cynthia Roth Rothrock. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, that's your name. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, Cynthia Rothrock. Uh, <laughs> we're in a movie called Yes, Madame. Yes, Madam, or Yes, Madame. They say it like Yes, Madame. Uh, in 1985, it was Michelle's first action movie ever. Um, it's it's incredible. And there's rumors that Cynthia Rothrock, who's an uh, American uh, martial artist who was in a bunch of like karate film she was with a, she was in a movie with Corey Hain back in the day where she was like uh his protector fast, or something. fast getaway fast getaway so it's rumored that she's gonna be in a new season of cobra kai but this film is like incredible they're like it's all practical uh stunt work uh there's a little bit of wiring but it's it's a lot of like guys falling off of buildings and hitting their backs and falling off of <laughs> the, the rest of the building but they all i mean they all they did all the stunts there there was like one take you got hurt you get that was it um it's a really good martial arts film yes okay. madam yes madam i've seen people talking about that this oh week, but... man it's so fucking good yeah i think that's it for me cool yeah yeah i'm gonna make sure nothing else written down but i think that's i think that's good um john you good i was Anything just gonna say i don't know mind? if we've talked about it on the show but people should be watching the staircase even if you don't think you're interested in that subject matter mm. it's it's one of the most unusual 
and impeccably made shows <laughs> that I've seen in a while. And like the way it's it's another one of those things that if it answers the question of why you should watch another true crime thing, um, it you know very very quickly you'll see what's different and special about this one. So, and it's okay. not you know the acting first and foremost, but the the way the show's put together as well. It's just like a weirdly weirdly high quality thing that that makes you it digs into some interesting aspects of the the crime um or you know i think we all assume it was a crime <laughs> in that in that situation <laughs> the alleged crime <laughs> yeah maybe it was an owl john maybe it was an owl you never know you never know yeah but I, yeah that's great great call yeah make sure we mention that that's it's great so far um another hbo max show with a podcast that comes out like like it, Oh yeah, the companion one that they yeah. put out. Yep, yep. I love those, man. I love when the shows have these things that come out. HBO does it a lot, but almost never that, listen to companion podcast. Maybe I need to start getting into it, dude. I I, I just love do. it for like the I just love it for like the behind the scenes stuff, like mm. the going into like the guy who's doing the staircase. Like he basically was following the story back when it was happening in the courtroom like he was there like with a camera like he, he has footage like wow. he crossed paths with the guy that made the documentary like they talk about that documentary in the series like there's just so much interesting behind the scenes stuff um you know and, and the access they have obviously in this case uh, uh work itself is this podcast out so you know having the actors and the directors and the writers like all the all the industry stuff is so interesting to me. It's like all the special features that I always loved on like Blu-rays, like listening right. to them talk about how it's made is in some ways as interesting to me as the actual product, just because I'm so curious, like how they pull off certain things or, you know, how they approach certain topics without really kind of, you know, in this case, Kathleen, you know, like, a, like somebody nobody knows what about. So listening to Tony Collette talk about how she approached playing a, uh, a real person that, you know, people really only see as a victim of this crazy crime, but you know, what she was as a, as a wife, as a mother before any of that happened, like, it's just really interesting stuff that they put out on these episodes. So yeah, I would recommend them for sure. Ronald. I mean, knowing your interest in that kind of stuff, I think you'd really yeah. dig them. Okay. Yeah. The better call Saul um, insider podcast is another, another good one. It's just this real chummy conversation where they always have the writer, the director, the showrunners, yeah. sometimes one of the stars, the editors, if it's like a notable episode for some reason, they might have someone like a set designer or a, you know someone who works on the show. But it's always it, like they don't. It's like what you said, Steve. It's like a commentary track or something. It doesn't try to yeah. be doesn't try to be the complete making of. It's just you get little tidbits and insights that you you would only guess at uh, if you were just watching the thing. Which obviously you don't need a companion to make something good. But it's like for when, sure you said it, Steve. When you finish watching something, that's when you want to hear that conversation where they dig into some aspect and it might clear up something for you and you'll go oh okay you know it helps yeah. you appreciate the craft of the thing so all right there are other podcasts <laughs> John, <laughs> john's like all right that's that no we just plugged like 19 other podcasts you know <laughs> that's okay that's okay no, nothing but love man it's it's everybody's trying to just make it work you know yeah. what i'm saying so yeah. they should they should plug us now right it's quick uh, i mean absolutely. obviously obviously um all right cool well, that, that'll that'll wrap it up moviesmovie.com is the website you can go to there and subscribe to the podcast through a variety of podcast platforms whichever you prefer take your pick choose your own adventure um and then if you want to follow us on youtube you can jump into that uh, right from that same site and subscribe to the video feed that ronald puts out every week or as often as without these episodes um if you want to watch the visual piece you can uh, subscribe and make sure you turn on the little bell that's uh, below the videos so you get notifications when new episodes come out. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with another episode. I'm not sure what the episode will be about. Did want to note real quick, next week, I think next Friday, if my math is right, yeah. Ronald, you might want to check this math for me. Uh, you're the mathematician okay. of the group. Um, next Friday, I think, is like a big day. Like there's a lot of stuff coming out. Like Top Gun Maverick comes out. Uh, oh. I think Obi-Wan comes out, right? And Stranger Things season four comes out, so huh. we're being spoiled. In next one, week. that's in one, great. In that's one, a... in one amazing weekend. And whatever we talk about on the episode that comes out on that day, it won't be any of those things because we yeah. don't have access to any of it. Right, one hundred percent won't. Unless <laughs> one of us, Chip, 
<laughs> Chip and unless, Dale. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I'm saying yeah. unless one of us goes to the Top Gun screening next week, yeah. you know, we, we'll talk about everything but those three is what I was getting yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. So get ready, guys. We won't be talking about any of that. <laughs> We'll just, talk about, we'll just talk about rumors, you know. We'll just, I'm just, right. yeah, I'm just very excited for all three of them. Obviously, no, it sounds like a uh, Steve day. Oh my god, dude! It is the ultimate Steve day. If only Brad could be involved somehow, I think I'd be covered for the rest of my life. Um, you never know. You never know. Could show right. up. You're right. You're right, Ron. Like mid next week, he's going to tweet, "Man, I'm just looking for somebody to watch Stranger Things, Top Gun, Maverick." <laughs> and what was the other thing? Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi with. <laughs> but yeah, what a great weekend, guys! Can't yeah. wait for it. Yeah. Uh, at least we'll be able to talk about it next weekend. Yeah, finally, something um, to talk about. Finally, Bye. all right, man. We'll wrap it up. Good seeing you guys. Thank you all for listening. Um, and as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.